Let's go to Samuel as quickly as you can. I just want to leave you the second Samuel chapter six, verses one through verse 12. Second Samuel chapter six, verse one through 12. It is the a tradition and a custom at our church that we stand when we read God's word. And again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Ballet of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzzah and Ahio the sons of Abinadab drave the new cart and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab which was at Gibeah accompanying the ark of God and Ahio went before the ark and David and all the house of Israel Played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and of psalteries and on timbrels and of cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God to steady it, to hold it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error and there he died by the ark of God and David was upset he was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to even this day and David was afraid of the Lord that day and said well how are we going to get the ark of the Lord how am I going to get it to me so David so David would not remove the ark of the Lord into him into the city of David. But David carried it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And all of God's people said, Amen. I'm going to do two parts. So you're going to have to come back next Sunday for the second part. Y'all be seated in the presence of the Lord. For, the, for, the, for my last 10 minutes, I want to speak to you about the mishandling of God. The mishandling of God. God created us for relationship. He really did. I even was telling them in a convention in South Carolina yesterday that you can pray by yourself you can worship by yourself but you cannot have church by yourself because the word church means ecclesia it's a called out we are the body of Christ and any part of the body that does not stay attached will cease to exist I want everybody to say this out of your mouth Said, there's life in the connection do you know the body even heals itself as long as it's attached each joint supplies God created us for relationship he created us relationship with each other and for relationship with him after he created all things all the animals the birds for the sky the fish for the water 
the beast for the grazing of the fields. He's still yet on the last day shaped and formed a man and created him in his image and in his likeness so that he could have relationship with him. He looked at Adam and said, it is not good for man to be alone. I need you to look at the person beside you. Tell them you have permission to have your own time. But tell them, but don't stay isolated. There is, there's, there's danger when you stay isolated. Because when you start isolating yourself from everybody, you start gauging yourself by yourself and you end up talking to yourself and then start answering yourself and you start thinking you're sane when you are really off tiltered. We need people. I know we are, I don't need nobody and as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else but at some point you're going to need Jesus in somebody. Y'all heard the story about how the flood came and the man was in the house and he said, and they said somebody drove by and said, you better come on because it's flooding and he said, I'm good. I done already prayed about it. God gonna, God gonna come and rescue me. And so he stayed in the house and the water started coming up. He had to get up on top of the roof and somebody came by with a boat and said, you better jump in. He said, I'm good. I'm waiting on the Lord. Huh. And then finally, when the water was almost about to consume him, somebody came with a helicopter. They said, come on, grab the rope. He says, go on about your business. I'm waiting on Jesus. Of course, he drowned and went to heaven because the Lord still let some people go. And when he got to heaven, he says to God, where were you? Why you didn't rescue me? He said, what are you talking about? I sent a car. I sent a boat. And I sent a helicopter. And many of you all are staring your answer in the face. But because you want God to speak the way you want him to speak. And you want God to use who you want him to use. And oftentimes we start going from person to person. And because the reason why we're going from person to person. Because we didn't like what we heard the first time. Because oftentimes the right answer is the hard answer. Glory be to God. So God created us for relationship. We need one another. We, we need one another. I don't need no preacher. Are you sure? Because when you get married, you call for one. If you die, you call for one. <laughs> and the Bible says this, how can you hear without one? How can you hear without a preacher and how can you preach lest they've been hired? I mean, no, lest they've been sent. I need a sent voice in my life. I need people who God has called me to. If you got somebody near you that you know God has connected you to and tell them I'm holding on to you. Tell them I'm holding. Sometimes you're a little complicated, but I got to hold on to you. Hallelujah. Sometimes you, you got some funny ways, but I'm, I got to hold on to you. I can see past your humanity and see that God has connected us with a purpose that's greater than we could ever comprehend. Just because it's complicated, just because they're hard, don't mean God didn't connect you with them. I know every time it gets hard, y'all want to cut people off and go by your business. Some of y'all didn't quit 10 jobs in one year. You done left five churches in the last two years. At some point, you got to stand still long enough so you can see the salvation of the Lord we need one another we need relationship and as much as we say we want to be in God's presence 
I want to tell you something. God wants to be in your presence. No, God wants to be with you. That's why Jesus came to fill in the gap so we could have relationship with God. And when you realize that that's what it becomes so complicated that God wants to be with me. David says this, what is man? I like a preaching church. Y'all help me. What is man that thou art mindful of him? I'm humbled by the fact that God wants relationship with me. I am convinced that God wants relationship with me. I am. I'm so convinced that he's really into me. No, 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 no. He, God is really into me. You know why I know? Because out of the, all the people he's created in the earth, he still took time to pursue me. If it ain't your testimony, don't tell no lies. But I need you to tell somebody he came after me. No, no, I know y'all said, I'm so glad I found Jesus. Did you really find him? Was Jesus really lost or were you lost? He found me. And it's a little complexity with that worship song that we were singing that he's always with me. And I found out that he did not start being with me once I got saved. Uh, he didn't start being with me when I start giving my tithe and my offering. He didn't start really walking with me when I started speaking in tongues and dancing. I found out that he was with me the whole time. I'm just going to be honest and some of y'all going to be quiet on me but I really took God some places. You hear me? Because God was with me I really took him to some places and while I was doing some crazy things and making stupid decisions, putting drugs in my body, having sex with people I'm not married to fornicating and committing adultery, come on, overeating and lying and cheating he was still there he was not intimidated by my sin that the Bible says that when we were yet sinners Christ died for us and if you should rejoice about anything don't rejoice because you're a preacher don't rejoice because you're a missionary or deacon, don't rejoice because the demons are subject to you rejoice because your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life I dare somebody to jump up and shout he found me He came for me and waited on me while I treated him as an option. How many times when I was in my toxic pattern and cycles and behavior that, that I said, what well, God says, choose me, choose me. And I said, I'm not ready yet. Choose me, choose me. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. And then death shows up and says, well, you know that he mine, right? Because the, the wages of his sin is death. You know, he's mine. How many times did God hold back death? So no, 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 no. I'm not finished with him yet. I'm going to give him one more chance. You know why we should be taking cartwheels and running around this church? Because after all the mess ups and mistakes we've made, he let us live. He gave us another chance. I need you to get out of your seat and touch three people. Tell them he gave you another chance. And another chance. And, and another chance. Now, I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. 
So you better take advantage of this chance because you may not have this chance anymore. I got, I got one minute left. God desired to be in their presence so much that when he created a people that were not a people, when he established Israel as a people, he gave them a piece of furniture and instructions how to build it made out of wood but layered in gold symbolizing him as a redeemer and still yet a king on this piece of furniture it had a top on it with two cherubims, two angelic beings facing one another and it's called the mercy seat. And he says once it's consecrated, once it's consecrated, because somebody had to build it, right? Somebody had to make it. Once it's consecrated, I'll come down and I'll sit in between them. That tells us that something happens when we face one another. I know we, we, want, we want to make worship just constantly this way. And I know you, have, you notice sometimes I have you saying stuff to each other and facing this way. You're like, uh, I didn't come here for that. I came for God. But when we face one another, God comes down in the midst. When I say holy and then you say holy. When I said glory, you said glory. When I said thanks be to God, you said thanks. God comes down in the midst of it. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. I know God's address. And it ain't the western wall in Jerusalem. I know God's dwelling place. It is not on Zion's hill in Israel. God dwells in the midst. Every time I open my mouth, he comes in the room. And I don't know what's going on in your house, but I dare you to take everything you did in here. I dare you to take it back to your house. Turn on your your best song and turn it wide open and start going from room to room and lifting up your hands and worshiping God. When the light of God comes into space, darkness has to leave. He says, I come down. And they took this ark and they put it in a space called the holies of holies in the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was in the shape of a cross. And all the people lived around this. He did not put the ark of the covenant uh, on the side of the camp or outside of the camp. It says, when you get ready to worship me, come out over here. The presence of God was in the center. And that's how we supposed to live. With God in the center. Some of you in this room right here today. You're going to want to tell me. Preacher, you're not talking to me because I know God. I don't go to church, but I know God. Me and God are close. 
I'm not religious. I know God. I'm not questioning. Do you have a connection with God? Because we all have some sort of connection with God. Like we all have some sort of interaction with God, whether you acknowledge it or not. But where is his position in your life? Is he a part of your life? Or is he in the center of your life? Because some of you have made your relationship your God. And if you and your boo are not on good terms, you don't worship. Some of you have made your job your God. And it's all about you making another dollar at the sacrifice of your family and at the sacrifice of you spending time in the presence of the Lord. Some of you have made your intellect your God. Where you choose not to worship God because you can't comprehend him. And if I can't comprehend him, that means he doesn't exist. So you become a worshiper of your intellect. But God says, I want to be Lord of all or not at all. We make him a part of our lives. He's not a pawn for the politicians to use when they want some votes. He's not a good luck charm for the gamblers where they're hoping the dice roll to the right number. He says, I want to be in the center of your life. Because when he's not in the center, everything in your life is off. Says in Haggai, you put on clothes and you're still not warm enough. You're taking your money and working all those hours, but it's like you put it in your uh, bag that got holes in it. Never enough time to do nothing never enough food to fill you up hear me God said I want to be in the center I, I want to I be in the right place in your life because the truth is many of us have mishandled him because there are what we call rules of engagement you don't get to put God on your agenda oh my I like how quiet you are right now I hope you listen to me God is not manipulated you know when Ed if you ever go to an AA program or narcotics anonymous class they used to be more Christian centered and my father went through that and I'm thankful for that program but they've become now more pluralistic so now they're saying is I submit myself to the God of my understanding but let me tell you something I'm going to say something very controversial and I'll back it up and I'll stand on it there's only one Lord there's only one faith there's only one baptism now you see how some of y'all ain't got quiet in here there are not many ways to God I don't care who on television said it and I don't care how many watered down preachers claim it. I don't listen. Those who worship in their Hindu religion, we are not worshiping the same God. 
Those who worship Allah, we are not worshiping the same God. Those who worship Buddha, we are not worshiping the same God. There's only one way to God. Jesus says, I am that way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You get to choose. You get to choose. Because look, our God wanted to be among us. I'm coming. Thank y'all. I'm coming. I'm coming. Thank you. I know I'm, I'm over time. Thank you. You get to choose. But choose. 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 Because in the religion of Islam, it's based upon the merit of your good deeds. In Hinduism, you get to choose from a multiplicity of gods. Hoping among some of them that if you were born in a certain caste system, that if you do well with this God in this system, in this life, maybe you'll get a chance to come back again on a higher plane. Buddhism is, is constantly trying to come to this plane of enlightenment yes. that you will almost become your own salvation. Yes. You get to choose what God. But our God, instead of him existing based upon the offerings we bring him, he exists by becoming an offering on our behalf. Instead of us attempting to assume salvation based upon our good merit, the Bible says, when we could not accomplish it through our good deeds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says we are saved by grace through faith, not by works. Lest any man should boast. And when we could not get to our God. By climbing hills and mountains of enlightenment. Our God came to us. Wrapped himself in human flesh. He became the son of himself. To redeem man back unto himself. Who would serve a God? He says choose this day. Whom you will serve. I'm going to have the I'm going to get to this next Sunday but I'll I'll close it out right here I'll close it out right here it's appointed to every man it's appointed to every man that he must die but death is not the end after death comes the judgment that means we got to stand before God even the scientists acknowledge that energy does not disappear that after this there's something they just can't put their hand on what it is but apostle Paul says I was taken up to the third heaven whether I was dead or alive I do not know he said there's some things I saw I can't articulate and because of the abundance of revelation that I've been given there's a thorn in my flesh he said but I will tell you this I can't give you all the details but to be absent from the body is to be present 
with the Lord. As I go to my seat, tell somebody, you got to look at God after this. You got to face God after this. You got to stand before God. I know what y'all say. Can't nobody judge me but God. But you got to remember one of these days, he's going to judge you. He's going to judge the living and the dead. You got to give answer for what you did with the son. Did you receive him or did you reject him? There are people all over this world and there are some of them in places and villages that have never heard the name Jesus. What's going to happen to them? They're in Muslim countries and they don't have the access to Bibles. What's going to happen to them? Well, I want you to know I've taken a personal responsibility to get to those countries and I'm trying to give them the good news and I want to tell them about Jesus but just in case I don't get to them I'm not worried because the God I serve he's just and he'll give mercy to whom he want to give mercy but my question is what about you that drive by churches what about you that got a cross around your neck but you never carried one on your back. What about you that came up in a Christian home? What will be your excuse when you stand before God? Many of us, we pick him up when it's time to go to court. We pick him up when we go to the hospital. We pick him up when we need bills paid. But if you only call on him in those times, you have mishandled the God of the universe. You mishandled God our Savior. You mishandled. Hey! Mishandled. Everyone stand. We've mishandled him. We've mishandled God. We've mishandled God. We've mishandled God. He's been the God of our convenience and not the God of our life. Lord, forgive us for mishandling you. Will you carry us so gently? I'm going to preach about it next Sunday about God being that floor model TV and some of you all you were born yesterday in the 2000s oh my goodness but before uh, televisions were on walls believe it or not they were on floors and when it was time to transition to a, another television People didn't feel comfortable just throwing that floor model away because it was such a nice piece of furniture. So they would throw a blanket on top of it and put a smaller TV on top of it. And then before, before you know it, it's little ink pens and stuff sitting on the side. And 
safety pins and 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 really for many of us you forgot what that was it's become a consistent piece of furniture but not being used for what it was called to be not honored for what it is Yes, worship of God to some is antiquated and primitive. But he still works. And you know what it is, mommies. You're so dependable to your children that oftentimes they forget to say thank you. They're always pulling on you for something. And if you say no to one thing, they forget about what you did last week. But we've all mishandled him at some point in our lives. But will you lift up your hands now? Repeat after me. Say, Lord, forgive me for being so busy that I made you an afterthought. Lord, forgive me for keeping you as a part of my life but not the center of my life. Lord, I'm willing to rearrange some things. I don't want you second. I don't want you third. I want you first in my life. Lord, I don't want to do life without the life giver. I need your presence. I know what it feels to not have your presence but I need your presence in my life it's not an option I'll need you and I want you hey this is Bishop S.Y. Younger thank you for watching this video and now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational and gospel content in your direction